at Caraba's Italian Grill, folks always seem to be saying, wow, especially now, because you can take home our delicious made-from-scratch lasagna, layered pasta with meat sauce, creamy ricotta, and mozzarella cheese, absolutely free. Homemade lasagna for free? Wow. Order one of your Caraba's favorites, Chicken Brian, Chicken Marsala, or Polo Rosso Maria, and you can take home our made-from-scratch lasagna for tomorrow night's dinner free? Wow. Hurry into Caraba's today and get a free homemade lasagna for tomorrow, now through January 29th. Wow. Caraba's, Italian worth talking about. If I speak for your followers, and I speak for your ex-followers, and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in, and you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says, don't listen to your mum and dad, don't talk to your mum and dad, that's bad. Yeah, wrong. Absolutely believed his own bullshit. Now, does that mean he believed it from day one? I don't know. Hubbard reveals to them that he is the Antichrist. Scientology has not helped you. You have helped yourself. Yeah, I'm absolutely positive that happened because I was physically abused in Scientology. We're crossing the line into torture. Do you think there is a rape culture in Scientology? I think that there is a culture in Scientology that children are not children. So, yeah. So this week, my guest today is the host with Mike Rinder of Scientology in the Aftermath on A&E TV. She's author of the book Troublemaker, and most famously, I guess, other than King of Queens, the next Scientologist. She is indeed Leah Remedy. Welcome to the show, Leah. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm I'm so happy to have you. What the hell are you doing on my show? Well, that's <laughs> funny. You 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 you're like I know I'm not big enough, and I and what I said so that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's not about being big. It's about um, you know people who support us. I I always want to talk to. Um, but, you know, sometimes people reach out on social media and, you know, that's not usually the way it's done. Like in this business, you usually call somebody's publicist or, you know, and, and do it that way. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, a am not snotty when it comes to doing interviews because I believe, um, that people who are supporting us, um, deserve to, to, uh, to be talked to. <laughs> No, I really appreciate it because I know that there is a lot of, and I'm gonna I'm gonna address some of that throughout the interview here. There's a lot of misconceptions about who you are, mm-hmm. and um, I'm privy to some things, so I, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But um, us little guys, us little podcasts, the ones that haven't been established big time and, and syndicated, we don't have that booking strength, so we have right. to reach out on social media, and it's hard to do. Yeah, so I, so I, but, but what I'm saying with you is that uh, you and I talk directly. I mean, I didn't go through my publicist. Right. That's true. That's this true. This is the first time they're going to hear that I that I am doing something without... <laughs> Will they be upset? They don't get upset, but they just like, you know, we should just know what interviews you're going to do, and we like to, you know, listen, they get paid to do a job, right? They get paid to, to, um, to qualify what people are going to say or, you know, not be disrespectful to what we're doing, and, um be gossipy because that's not what we want to do. We yep. don't want to be on shows that gossip and, and just try to start trouble uh, for ratings. So, you know, they, they have a job to do. 
Yeah, about the ratings. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And um, I do appreciate you. You put a lot of trust in me here, but it helps that we have a mutual partner in the battle against the crimes of Scientology and Melissa Paris. I know she's a scary lady, and so are you, and anything scarier is the two of you on the same page. Well, I, you know, I never want people to be, you know, the the right people are not scared of us. No, no. Yeah, and and, uh, she's she's amazingly bright and um, brave, as well, her sister, and um, I'm just happy to get to know her, and she's been amazing support and that you know listen we all need each other we all need to to support each other it's not easy to come out of a cult and um not many people uh understand it unless they are in something very similar and uh, so i I'm, I'm a big supporter of people who who get that that it's one thing where we come off strong but we're also um maneuvering our way through this life uh, without uh, a cult, and that's not an easy thing. Even though you know you get out of a bad relationship, you still have to find who you are, and that's not an easy thing to do. No, I don't, I don't imagine it is. And it's interesting because you know the way this interview was set up. Uh, you know, I have not received the notification that most places you interview receives. Right? They they usually send out some Scientologies. I guess the legal department. They send a letter warning you. This is not the. Tr- this is not our view that Scientology. This is a desperate actress in the wanes of her career, desperately trying to stay in the limelight, trying to get ratings, uh, all the negative things they can find about you. And I don't know if people have noticed this, and I don't know if you like me bringing this up. Uh, but what they do is kind of strategic in the way that they they've taken things from your past, from your life, and kind of intertwined them into these letters. Am I am I imagining that? Are they not using Sharon Osbourne's tweet from when you had the dispute on the talk in their letters? Oh, I don't know. What, I'll give you an example. What I mean is, what, what, go ahead. no. What I mean is, they're saying uh, Lyra Remini needs to grow up and move on. That is directly from Sharon Osbourne's tweet. Okay. I didn't even know that. I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I don't know. But they're trying to use that to get to you, and, it, and it's ridiculous. Well, it doesn't get to me, and, um, you know, it's, it's childish. It, you know, let's remind everyone this is a church. Right. Uh, well, I, I'm not calling it a church. I'm saying this is a cult or a business mm-hmm. um, masquerading around as a church. Um, and that, it doesn't, it, it's shocking to me that it continues uh, in this manner. I mean, I, having people do videos uh, from my past, from my mother's past. Um, I just don't... I'm I'm speechless, even on the phone with you. I just... I find it to be absolutely um, just pure evil. I don't have other words. It's just evil. It's it's disgusting. Um, Since putting out your book and putting out... um, and really doing the, the show Aftermath, I mean, they've actually poured it on. Like, I don't remember since 2013, past 2013 when you left, I don't remember what they used to blame anything bad that happened in Scientology on because everything's been because of you. If something goes wrong, Leah Remedy did it. 
it's funny because they should share in the uh, criticism, yeah, because if I was raised in Scientology, the things that they say I am... Um, they made you. Should, they, exactly, should, should be attributed to, um, to them and their technology. We are all damaged from being raised in this cult uh, by its policies. We're still navigating through those feelings and the way we operate with people. And yes, we're fighters. Uh, that's what they taught us to be. And I, I just don't get how people don't see that. It's like, well, I was I was in it for 35 years. I mean, <laughs> right? So they should share it in in, uh, in the responsibility of of making it. If LRH Tech worked, mm-hmm. you would be thriving in Scientology, and there would well, be no one complaining. I, I, also, I, I also take offense at that, because to, to imply that anyone's successful or not successful because of their association with the organization, uh, it, it only works when they're criticizing you, right? Right. Well, the, the Scientology was great. She was successful. I was successful and not successful when I was in Scientology, right? As you can say that about any celebrity Scientologist. Like, every celebrity Scientologist, they have failures. They're still in the church. Do I blame the church for that? That, you know, somebody's show got canceled? Oh, I mean, if I wasn't in the church and I had a show that got canceled, they'd be saying, oh, look at her. She's a failed actress. But if I was in the church, they'd be like, no, she's successful. This, she was just on a bad show. You know, they would, they would, yeah. they would turn it around. So it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, you cannot gauge somebody's success or failures when there's a constant in the person's life, right? You have to take that out of the equation. It wasn't because, and it wasn't not because. You know what I'm saying? No, I absolutely know what you're saying. And it goes with family as well. If you, A successful religion makes you closer with family, closer with your neighbors, closer with everybody. Well, if that were the case, then I was very unsuccessful right. in that way. Because right. that is not what Scientology teaches. No. They say, they say they value families. They say they have these, but we all know that that's, that's a lot. That's a PR campaign. It's, 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 it's amazing, because I've read your book, and the funny thing is, if anyone ever read your book, and if, the, if everything in the book is accurate, everything, every criticism about you is absolutely the reverse of who you really are, in my opinion. All right, because... Well, people keep saying how you're a fame whore or something like that. You just want the fame. You want the name. You want the money. Fame, fame and celebrity is what is the only thing that kept your family uh, going. It felt like from your story. Like if you don't become famous, if this celebrity thing doesn't work out, your family starves. So, there, it was probably one of the more unselfish things in my eyes. That you push yourself through all these these um, rejections and all these opportunities and all these shows that you were on, you were doing everything you could not to be the pretty face on the magazine, which I'm sure was something you enjoyed. I'm sure any of us would, but to make sure your family got the living comfort. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the provider for my family, but again, I you know I wouldn't to those ridiculous allegations. Every actor, you could say that about every actor, every artist, they're a fame whore. Okay, what, I mean, what do people do? This is the business we're in, 
right? Right, right. Well, I expect you to. I expect you to want fame <laughs> if you're going to be doing that business. Yeah, that's why I get I get mad. Well, no, people don't usually go into a field because they want fame. That's a childish kind of viewpoint, right? Like I want to be a star. Usually, people are in the field of the arts because they have something that they are passionate about. I would hope so. You know, a songwriter is writing songs because they want to move people in some way, right? An artist is painting because they want someone to be moved by that painting. And people act because they want people to laugh or they want people to be moved in some way. So no, when I was a child trying to audition and get jobs, I wasn't thinking I wanted fame. I was thinking... I love what I do. I love seeing the reaction of people laughing, you know, from Lucille Ball. You know, I used to sit at home watching Lucille, you know, Lucy, and and, and hiding, you know, like, because she would do so many crazy things. I was so embarrassed. Like, Ricky's going to know this. Ricky's going to know what you're doing. <laughs> you know, and, you know, hearing people laugh in the audience, you know. Yeah. And I was like, wow, what a what a powerful thing to do. I wasn't thinking this as a kid, but I knew that she was doing something that was making people laugh, and I, I wanted to do that. And so no real artist says, I want to be in this for fame. Of course, you want to be successful at it. Right. You want your family to be able to eat and, and live a good life, right? But that's not really why you go into it. I cannot say why the Church of Scientology is doing what they're doing and has been doing, since its inception. I can't say with every piece of me that they got into it for any other reason but for control and money. Right, celebrity is important. $3 billion in assets selling people their eternity. Big difference. Big difference. Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. You've seen both sides. You've seen the celebrity side um, you know, the, the, the better treatment and you've seen the who are you who do you think you are treatment and, you know, living in the bad conditions. You you've done both. Mhm. So how just how sheltered are the celebrities from the kind of things that the typical Sea Org member would see? Well, there's three categories. There's the Sea Org, the employees of the Church of Scientology, and there's regular civilian Scientologists and then there's celebrity Scientologists. And even in the celebrity Scientology category, there's a hierarchy and there's more important celebrities than other celebrities. And that's fine. I mean, when I was in, I was like, well, of course, I'm going to say it and I'll, I'll say it now. I, I never thought I was on the same level as Tom Cruise when it came to who was the bigger star. I knew that he was. <laughs> right. It was never... And there was never an issue with that. It was like, yes, he's he's getting Scientology out to millions. This is what we're told. He's getting millions off of drugs. He's getting he's saving the planet uh, single-handedly. I mean, this is what we all believed, and so we served him um, in that way. And that was our job as celebrities within the organization was to flow power to him in any way that we could and to protect him in any way that we could. And that was our, what they would call our hats, you know, our job okay. as other celebrity Scientologists, and that's what we did. Did that feel weird? Uh, no, because I love, I do love to serve. You know, I mean, if you know me personally, I'm, I'm, if you're in my home, I'm, I'm literally 
waiting on you hand and foot. I, I love helping people. I love serving people. And I believed in my heart, and so did other celebrities, that Tom was doing these things and that he was getting the message out to the world and that he was doing amazing things, getting the black labels on on drugs. You know, like this is what we were being told, you know, that it was because of Tom that danger uh, warning signs were being put on um, uh, psychotropic drugs, and he uh, greatly affected um, the pharmaceutical companies abusing uh, medication. You know what I mean? Like this is what we were being told. Right. And we believed it. So, of course, I wanted to help him. So was it weird? No. He was doing amazing stuff, people supposedly. Who are helping people? No, it's not weird. He's supposedly doing amazing stuff. I mean, why, why wouldn't you support that, right? Yeah, especially what I believed in Scientology. I mean, I believed in what we were doing. You know, we were going after the psychs that were abusing people, and we were, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. How do you feel about, how do you feel about it now, psychiatrist? Well, you know, now I'm in therapy, which is a big no-no in Scientology. Um, uh, listen, do I do I think that no abuses are going on in the field? Of course, like nobody's down with that. Like nobody's gonna, you know I mean? right? You can't be that stupid to go. No abuses are going on here. Uh, they're not over medicating people. Of course not, right? But that's not what we're talking about. This is a full-on assault from the very moment Scientology was created. Was a full-on assault. Uh, with the AMA, with psychiatry, with any government agency, the IRS, the FBI, the CIA. I mean, this is in their policies over and over again. These are the enemies of Scientology over and over again. So you grow up with that mentality, which is why a lot of uh, people in, in cults, not just in Scientology, do not report crimes to uh, the police. Mm. Uh, it's because they are taught to believe that their cult law says that that's illegal. And, and this, in Scientology, it is literally categorized as a high crime, a high crime <laughs> wow. to report a Scientologist to the authorities. And further, they believe that whatever's wrong with the person will get fixed in Scientology. So it's not even uh, so sinister. You know, people actually believe that if they turn them over to the police or to a psychiatrist, that they would be uh, lost forever uh, spiritually. Mm. So they believe that they're they're helping them by not handing them over to the system. Um, and some could argue that that might be true. <laughs> right. Do you let people off the hook for that when you know people who've, who've seen and overseen? Um, Excuse me? When you see that there's people who've seen and overseen crimes within Scientology that should be reported to the police, are you are you prone to let them off the hook once they come out because of the brainwashing and the indoctrination? Uh, do you think that's okay? Wait, I, I want to be clear. I just want to be clear about what you're asking me. You mean in present day? Yeah, present day, they're out of science. I'll give, I'll give you an example. Um, the the previews for season two of Aftermath are powerful. Um, you're covering uh, the stuff that probably needs to be covered. Um, and you're talking to Mike Rinder about what he would have been involved in, what he would have mm-hmm. seen, and how he would have handled it. Mm-hmm. And how do you come to terms, and I'm not trying to trash Mike, but, but how do you come to terms 
with if you said, I did that, I covered that. Is that, where, where's the line? I've asked Melissa this, I've asked other people this. Where's the line between, yeah, you did bad things, but you didn't know better versus, I don't care what the church was teaching you, you should have known this. How, how do you draw that line? Oh, no, I, I don't. I don't believe that. The latter. They didn't know better. They didn't know better. That's the truth. So you think there's no line? Well, do I think there's a line? Yes. They, they can do something now. Mike is doing something now. Right, right. Right. So, no. What I do find fault with and what I do take issue with is people now, out, or in, um... Data is available to them now as it wasn't before. The Internet was not available to certain people and is not, even in present day, for Sea Org members, for certain Sea Org members, right? They're completely sequestered when you're talking about Gold Base up in Riverside or um, near Hemet, right? California. Right. Uh, they don't have any Internet. They don't leave the base. They don't leave there. Uh, and if they do, they're with a handler. Um, so for those people, I understand they are completely sequestered. And uh, people who are in cults often come out not even knowing who their president is. So it's not, you know, unless you really, you just have to understand the mentality. I'm talking about now, right? Here we are now. We have things we can do. If people know of crimes that were committed, it is their duty and their responsibility to go to the authorities and speak. They still can. The more that they don't, they still can. The more that they don't, the more that they are agreeing with this criminal mentality. Mike is doing something. Mike is paying for what he did. It is not fun for Mike Rinder to sit up there on television and have to listen to this, these stories. He did not know about... A lot of people think Mike knew about a lot of things he didn't know. Oftentimes, Mike was being reprimanded and held against his will. Uh, Mike didn't know about everything that was going on, and, and certainly Mike is shocked at the things that he's hearing now. Yeah, I, say, I, say I value a lot um, someone's ability to take ownership and to to actually acknowledge what they've done and, and actually make proactive actions towards towards correcting that. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And I didn't mean to call Mike out and that was just the example that was available. No, no, um, I wasn't uh, mad at you. I just wanted to make sure that mm -hmm. I answered your exact question. You did you did a good job with the answer. I like okay. I like the okay. answer. I like the answer. <laughs> now clearly there is a line as someone the people who are actually doing the crime sometimes. The crime itself I think is inexcusable. Um, I, I, I'm i careful how I say it. Sexual assault. I, I don't know if I could ever say, well, because you thought that no children were children, it's okay. You know, that's, that's a line for me, well, I think. No, I don't think that they think it's okay. I think they think that, you know, Scientologists believe that children are just old spirits and little bodies. That's the first thing. The second thing that Scientologists believe is that anything that happens to you is your fault. Uh, they also believe that the person 
who is committing these heinous acts um, will get fixed with Scientology technology. It's not that they're sitting around going, isn't that great that they're hurting children? They're thinking, wow, that person really needs help with Scientology. So in their defense, I'm not saying they think they're sitting around thinking it's okay. Um, they just think that the person's going to get sick. Well, just to clarify, I'm not talking about the one who would cover it up. I'm talking about the one that did the action. I mean, one could argue they already had something in their head wrong to begin with. But, but go ahead. Listen, you're never going to get a fight from me. <laughs> People who commit crimes against children yeah. are, you, you're, you're just dead to me as a person literally dead to me as a person. Um, so I'm not defending. I'm just giving you the mentality of the Scientologist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and the person doing it, I'm sure, feels horrible of the monster that they are. But they believe that with Scientology, they can fix themselves. All right. Um, there's a, you seem to come out pretty good. Um, considering. I mean, not everything was is roses for you, but um, you got your mom to come out with you. And I know she was really, she was really into it, and I remember you talking to Joe Rogan about how, how excited she was for you to learn OT3, which of course is the Xenu story. Um, how did you get her to come with you as opposed to how many families will turn their back at that point? Was it that you guys remained so close during your time in California as opposed to when people were kept separated? Well, not everybody's separated because if you're not in the Sea Org. I wasn't right. in the Sea Org my whole life. I was just in the Sea Org for a year in Florida. Um, but I think because we had East Coast roots and we had a strong family bond, um, uh, and, I, and I was really blessed to be in a, in a, have a career that was outside of the, the the hands of Scientology. I didn't depend on Scientology for my employment, and uh, neither, did, neither did my family, which is not usual. Usually, Scientologists work for other Scientologists, and so their um, their money comes from being connected to another Scientologist. You're almost trapped in, even if you want to leave. You're, oh no, you're not almost trapped. You're trapped. Uh, it, your whole family is usually, everybody you work with is usually a Scientologist. All of your real friends are Scientologists. And any other friends you have outside the circle of Scientology is really just to sell Scientology to them. Um, so it's all, it's all kind of uh, set up that your, your life is very insular, you know, very about Scientology. So... I think that had a lot to do with it. Their their, their livelihood did not depend um, on Scientologists, and uh, and I think because we had a very strong family bond, and that in the end is is what saved us to stay together. Is that we were talking to each other after we were told not to talk to each other. Right. I mean, the, the you guys were are described often as rebellious, but but that rebelliousness is kind of what what kept you guys together, it seems. Yes, we were rebelling against a uh, a dictatorship, yes. So, I mean, everybody who left, I mean, lost something, uh, whether it be family, time of their life. Some people, some people, and it's tragic, even their stories are tragic, just the years of their lives that they lost. 
that they could have been pursuing other goals or other other options in life. What is it that you feel like you lost? I don't feel like I lost anything. I feel I was put on this path for a reason. And, uh, you know, I can't look back and regret because I wouldn't be here now. I mean, honestly, I, I think that this was, this was, uh, really happened for a reason. Okay. Good, good. Cause I know, I know you said something somewhere about how you had an eighth grade education. Um, oh, you know, things like that. Of course. I wish I had gone to school. I wish I went to college. I wish I was smarter, you know? You're doing pretty good. Although you're doing pretty good regardless. I, I, I listen no, but, to you know, my daughter was doing algebra last night and she was carrying on because she had a test. I looked at the book and I was like, I don't know what in the hell this is. Not, I can't help you, you know? <laughs> I don't even know what you do. I don't even know what this is. Like, why are, why equals minus in times that I don't know what this is. Uh, I'm laughing because I'm the same way, and I have a I have a college degree, so it's not that oh, bad. Right. <laughs> you a, you know, but I, uh, you know, I would have loved to have been, uh, you know, um, a lawyer, or I would have loved to have been able to to fight for people in, in a way that, uh, you know, would would maybe affect a great number of people. I love the idea of social activism, and this is why I think Scientology. Uh, speaks to a lot of people because you believe you're doing, excuse me, amazing things for the world. And, uh, you know, yes, very often I wish I was just, I had gone to school. But again, you know, if you said, okay, right now, would you like to change that? I'd be like, no. Because I, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have my daughter. I wouldn't have my family the way, exactly the way it is, you know? Right. I love that answer. So I, I can't say, you know, that I regret it. I can't because I'm I'm in a I'm doing what I love to do. I feel like I'm helping people and, and the people that, that are doing our, our project are are taking a stand. You know, a lot of times people go, Well, what are you doing? I go, the show. <laughs> the people right. who come on, you know, they come on knowing they're gonna get attacked from the Church of Scientology. They know they're gonna get a hate website. They know they're going to have their whole family turned against them. They know they're going to be shunned by any association with any Scientologist. It's quite brave just to be on this show. It's, it really is. It, they're doing amazing things. And, you know, like people like Melissa and her sister and, and uh, you know, her group right there. It's like they're, they're doing amazing things already by speaking out and, and defending those who have done so, who have already spoken out, and, you know, their stories are atrocious, atrocious, like, it, it, well, just when you think it can't get any worse, you know, it continues to get worse. I thought I would just be doing these disconnection stories, the FBI would watch this, or the Department of Justice would watch, you know, see this and go, this is crap, we got to do something about this, you know? Yeah. So the more people speak out, the more people take a stand against this kind of bully, and this kind of evil in the world, and I'm not just talking about Scientology, because there's a lot of evil in the world, there is. we could start making changes. We can't just keep sitting by, going, isn't that crazy? This one sits on the computer for 12 hours looking at how to make a bomb. That's must, you know, we got to start getting in there and saying, hey, you need some help. How do we not notice that? that? You might hurt some people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> no, we need more proactiveness in, in all areas of, of life. Um, yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely, and I think that you're you're uh, you're well in your way. I mean, you 
you are smart. <laughs> Believe it or not, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> you know? Thank you. No, I, mean, I, listened, I, I had to do the audiobook. I, could, I didn't read it because, one, I didn't have time. And two, and two, I, I listened to the audiobook because I, I wanted to hear you tell your story and the articulations there, and of course your personality and an actor. So it was, it was, it was a, a pleasure to listen to. It was very fun. Uh, oh, thank you. Well, fun except for the parts that weren't. Um, yeah. the, the thing about it is that uh, that you you're. Regardless of your age, you've got time to do more, and you will do more. And I, I really believe that. I think you've got a lot, a lot going here. Um, Thank you. Was, was there anything? You're, you're very welcome. Uh, was there anything that you saw while you were in Scientology? I know, I know, there are some stories that are already told in interviews and in books, but anything that stood out that, like, at the time you blew off, but today you look back and go, "What the hell was I thinking?" Uh, uh, you know, the, it started to get, uh, no, I mean, it was, it took me six years to get out, you know, because so, a lot of people ask me, what was the thing? It wasn't one thing, you know, it was six years of me trying to stay in. It was like, I was trying to make it right. I was like, help me to understand why all these executive, former senior executives, of Scientology or all leaving and saying the same thing. Please help me to understand that. Please help me to understand why when I ask about the leader's wife, I am being interrogated at my expense. Why is it that every time I have a disagreement with how we do things or what we believe, I get punished? Why is it that every time I hear about a victim being hurt, do I hear that they were then made to feel like they were responsible for having that happen to them. It was like six years of this. You know what I mean? It wasn't uh, yeah. one thing. It's, it's, I only wish I had looked earlier on the Internet. You know, people ask that all the time. Well, how come there are Scientologists? There's Scientologists on the Internet. They're just not allowed to look at anything negative about Scientology. They're just told to say that we're lying, that we're bigots, that we're racist. These are the insults they continue to hurl at anybody who speaks out. And it, by the way, it's not just reserved for people who are used to be in the church. This is they've said this about Anderson Cooper. They said this about um, uh, Lawrence Wright. They said it about Alex Gibney. I mean, it it doesn't matter who you are if you're an ex Scientologist or. Um, uh, you know, a noted writer, uh, <laughs> right? An Oscar winner, uh, you know, Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, they will call you the same thing: a bigot, a liar, a racist, someone trying to look for fame, somebody with a failed career. And I don't think the people that I mentioned you could ever say uh, are people uh, of failed careers. No one's failing. Their name. Huh? They're not failing. No. <laughs> Exactly. So it's, but it's, again, I hate to make that um, distinction that they're successful or not successful. There's, there's many unsuccessful Scientologists. But that doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? I could make some jokes, but I won't. No, I don't either. Because, you know, because it's it's degrading. It's degrading to play that game. It really is. Sure. And it, it, it takes the focus off of actually people's lives being destroyed by this business of Scientology, and uh, they can hurl, 
insulted me all day, all night. You will not find a shortage of people uh, who will call me an asshole because <laughs> I can be, okay? So, and I, and I said that from the very beginning. I never said I was perfect. I've never said I've been a perfect daughter, a perfect wife, a perfect mother, a perfect friend, you know? No, I've not, I'm not any of those things. Now, put that aside. Let's get on to the stuff that you're doing that you continue to not take responsibility for. And that's the Church of Scientology. So you can carry on with all this bullshit, and I'll continue to say, right, okay, I'm an asshole. Okay, I'm a bitch. All right. I'm selfish. <laughs> okay, now, let's get on to the abuses, and let's get on to the people that you hurt. All right, we have... about that? <laughs> We've established all my faults now. Correct. I, I love it. I love it. To all of them. <laughs> a lot of those faults are, the reason, are actually part of the reason that people love you, though, so... Uh, I, I love that you're an asshole sometimes. I do. Thank you. <laughs> so, so that would go along with if I was to ask you, like, what was the point after leaving that you realized because you still have that time frame after you left where you're still recuperating and, and overcoming it. Was there a point where you're like, oh, shit, this was all a lie? Or, again, is it a progression of things? It's a progression. And then, you know, it's like even you know, doing this project, you know, I often have to look in my old books to find the things to 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 be on the show because I keep saying, well, I, you know, this is not something I think. This is something that I was taught. This is not something that I think. This is Scientology. So it's very important to me that we put in the actual Scientology. This is written down. This is not something that I made up. Right. Uh, and I read it and I go, God, wow. I really, I believe this. I, I subscribe to this. And it, it's still happening. It, it's still shocking me today going, Leah, where was your mind? It was completely held prisoner. I was going to ask you that. When I'm watching Aftermath uh, through season one, I've seen the look on your face. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you're an actress. These are legitimate looks of shock and, and, and amazement. You're still shocked by these stories. Still shocked. Still shocked. Because remember, the enemies of the church, in my view, were not people like me. Not people like my mother, or Mary Kahn, or Amy Scobie, or... Melissa's of the... You know what I'm saying? We never thought, like... the. They, that it was talking about people like us. It was these bad demon people. Yeah. It was demon people who didn't want good things in the world, who didn't want peace, who didn't want harmony, who didn't want people to be off drugs, who didn't want to save people's marriages. You know, these are the people that I thought were the evil ones we were talking about in these policies of attack and never defend. Right? Right. That's the church policy, is attack and never defend. And so... It, Yes, I'm still shocked by it. I'm still shocked by the evil. I, 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 yes, even to this day. When I see a video of a former friend or family member, I'm like, this is pure evil at work. <laughs> this is what you're doing with your time? That's crazy. And that's where all the money goes. It goes into stuff like that. The Could you imagine the money that they have if they actually put it into the world? What good it can do? The it, kind of energy I hope that it, they have for 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 me and and people like me. 
mothers and fathers who dedicated their lives, whose children have been taken from them. I mean, could you put that energy and put into something good? Could you imagine? I hope someday, I hope someday the Scientology fails to the point to where all these orgs they've opened, all these locations they've opened are put into housing. That's what I want to see happen. That would be amazing. Use for housing. That would be amazing. And, I love that idea. And I love a, that idea. In a related note, I get told all the time, and this might be some of what you were just talking about from the Scientology mindset, people will say to me, because I'm not an ex-Scientologist, if I talk negative and I trash Scientology, they want to save me now. Oh, why don't you find it for yourself and go to your local org? But they don't listen when I tell them I've been to the local org, and the Orlando org is locked, the lights are out, and there's nobody home during business hours. Yeah. They say we'd be happy to send you information or go to our website. What, but what they don't get is people have. Right. People have, honey, but they don't... What? These people, and I feel bad for them, not not all of them, because some of them actually do know what they're doing. Some of them actually are like, wait a minute, don't you know all the good things we're doing? They That's believe the it. That's the stuff that I used to say, Chris. Yep. I used to say, why would you attack something good? Now, have you looked at our social betterment? Are you crazy? How many people we've got off drugs? How many marriages we saved? Yeah. What? How many outreach programs we have? And I used to think people were crazy. Like you. You know, saying, yeah, I have checked it out, and it's wrong. You know what I mean? And I'm like, <gasps> you're nuts. You're a depressive person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't listen to you anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I would just think you're nuts. I would just absolutely think you're crazy. And I see that, you know, once in a while on Twitter, you know, I see a random young, you know, young little pup, you know, just getting into Scientology, you know, and I go, oh, this poor thing, you know? It so boggles the mind. Like, I'm not I'm not a psych major, never have been, but it makes me want to study psychology to see the mind at work. I've seen letters and I've seen documentation of people uh, talking about how bad it is that people are trying to talk them into going to a psychiatrist or how people are trying to talk them to get help outside and they're, like, you know, like begging for help within. And oh, it's I just, uh, well, it's very sad. I know. I know. I want to know because Kirstie Alley, again, I know uh, I've heard you say, so I'm going to be really respectful and careful with this. I've heard you say that you don't want to talk bad about other actors and actresses mm -hmm. because that's just unprofessional and it's not becoming, and like you said before, it's just ugly. Mm -hmm. um, but Kirstie Alley referred to you as an enemy on the Howard Stern show. Mm -hmm. uh, what I do on this podcast, like going to the empty org and talking to people and, and paying attention to what people say, I connect dots a lot on this show because I feel like Scientology is like the UFO phenomenon. It's like you believe somebody's story, but it still doesn't mean anything to you until you experience it in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've connected the dots in my little Scientology conspiracy theory. And the, the whole thing with the enemy thing, I started seeing on your show to talking about enemies. And uh, somebody else has called an enemy somewhere else, and I'm going, wait a minute. Who has enemies? Especially your religion. Mm -hmm. But I want to know, back in the day, Scientology, Leah Remini, if Kirstie Alley and you were reversed, would you have been on Howard Stern show talking about how Kirstie Alley was your enemy? Probably. Okay. <laughs> That's just the mindset to give you. Okay. Uh huh? That's just the mindset you're in when you're there. Is this, you know, oh, yeah, there's nobody that was really kind of off limits. It's, 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 when you're, when yeah. you're, when you're protecting 
the savior of mankind, right? And your eternity, literally, you'll hear, you know, my eternity's at stake. You know, my eternity, we're saving mankind. We're the only answer to mankind. You know, it's an extremist yeah. proposition. There's not extremists in Scientology. Scientologists are extremists. <laughs> um, so, I don't mean to laugh at that, but... No, no. I mean, it's... But it's true. It's the truth. There's no um, kind of assimilating information where... You know, you kind of can think this, and you kind of can think that from this, you know, writings of Elvon Hubbard is to follow, you know, it's, it's to be followed exactly. And everybody says and thinks the same thing, or you are dealt with. And so that's the way we dealt with enemies. We call them enemies, we call them suppressive people, we call them merchants of chaos, merchants of fear, um... People who, uh, you know, bigots, racist, whatever you can, whatever word communicates or attempts to communicate to the general public. You see, they like to associate themselves with uh, real religious organizations and, uh, you know, they, that, that way they can keep saying the line. You know, other religions are, were persecuted and we're a new religion. I mean, these are all things we were taught to say. I said it too. And you believe this? Wholeheartedly. Okay. Now, there were things that I would lie about because there's in it, you know, Ellen Hubbard wrote policies about uh, the public image, and you don't say the truth, you, ha you give acceptable truth. Right? So you wouldn't tell somebody what you really thought because it wasn't like they weren't there yet to accept that kind of truth. So you had to give it to them in little doses, you know. But so lying. Um, is that, okay. Yeah, quote-unquote lying, because you're protecting the technology of man. That's why people lie. People who do know they lie about Xenu is because they don't want anyone getting sick. Well, yes, we're, we're, we read that, that the people literally can die, get pneumonia and die, get cancer and die, from not reading the material um, correctly at the time that they're supposed to read it. And then they make you sign a document that says you for every time you violate and tell what the OT levels are, it's $100,000. Are you serious? I thought it was just because you were indoctrinated in that day. You're fined for that? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard that before. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm still learning stuff about this. Uh, the reason every time you hear a Scientologist say, I've never heard that Zenu story, they're absolutely lying. Absolutely lying. But... Do, it's not really so much about, you know, aliens. I mean, the Xenu story is an alien story, but the, the concept is, is that you have, you have other beings. Your body is made up of other spirits, composed of. Your whole body is composed of other beings. And that's why, you know, when you get up to the confidential levels, that you're, you know, you're, you're basically dealing with those entities, not yourself. Okay. Well, yeah, but just to clarify, I want to clarify why I chuckled earlier is I was thinking about the turtleneck video by Tom Cruise. I got really angry, like, mm -hmm. like kind of like unhealthily angry when you said that only a Scientologist can help. That maybe that really drove me nuts because people help well, each other you go all the on time. Some of their social betterment. Um, <laughs> I, I should find out more about what they do, right? Uh, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, if you're mad at that, you should go on their social betterment site. They are basically the only group 
doing anything about 9/11. Oh, okay. Maybe any 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 catastrophe that's happened, it's it's Scientology with it for the people on the scene, the only people on the scene doing anything. Insane, and that's also insulting to to the other people. To, um, well, to the real people who are actually doing something. The, the civil servants who, who risk in uh, some lost their lives doing that, yeah. Right. Um, hey, this season of Aftermath is going to be amazing. Um, it's really kind of pretty obvious what's being covered. I'm sure there's stuff that still hasn't been covered. I imagine it's difficult because I know being a podcaster that talks to a lot of the same people you've talked to, that um, mm-hmm. that's covering the subject. Uh, specifically every week now, um, inspired by you, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. But I blame John Alex Wood for causing it because he talked trash about Amy Scobie, and I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm doing a podcast. So <laughs> I decided... Well, he yeah. does, you know, that, that's his job. He right. works for, you know, a Scientology department called OSA, mm-hmm. which is Office of Special Affairs, him and his um, girlfriend. Yep. Um and that's what they do all day, all night. You know, they own a PR company that I'm sure is, is being paid by the organization. And so that's what they do all day, all night. Um, and that's pretty sad. It's pretty sad that that's what they do all day and all night, is attack people telling their stories. Right. Okay. This is true. So, so it, because I've made these connections to these people and talked to all these people, what I have heard some of is, People are upset with TV networks. They're upset with Larry Remini and Mike Rinder. They're upset with the newspapers. They're upset with Tony. Everybody wants their story to be told. And everybody's story needs to and will eventually get told, I believe. Uh, Not necessarily on every format. And that's why I'm glad I'm able to do a podcast and help out with that. Um, Because I feel like a lot of people come on your show and people think it's scripted and blocked out and there's makeup people and there's lighting. But but they come on the podcast. People think that. I don't think people think that. They want people to think that. They want people to think that. Yeah, but people don't think that. That's good. So why people have makeup on? I mean, the people are watching the show. People are have read my book. I mean, it was there's nothing there's nothing that they say that actually makes any sense to the general public. No, not on the Scientology side. No way. I agree with you. But there are people who have their own opinions they've developed. They're like they don't know. Um, like I like like you're worried that I may have had a bad perception of you, and that there are people who have a bad perception of you because you are a celebrity, and because people everybody wants you to talk to them, and you can only spread yourself so thin. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. You yeah, know, I thought you had a bit only because you DM me saying I know I'm not big enough for you to be on my podcast. I was like, <laughs> That's not you got the wrong girl. Not that I'm going to do everybody's podcast, you know, because you know I actually. I'm a mom and a wife and a daughter and a sister and you know, I have friends. <laughs> I can't do every podcast, but I, I didn't want you to think that. No. And I saw that you were supporting, you know, other people who were got who had gotten out and have important stories to tell. And I know you talked to Melissa and you know I I saw that you were supporting other people, and you were telling the right story. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't want you to have that idea of me. Like, hey, you're supporting me. I want to support you. You're supporting uh, the, this group of people who are brave enough to speak out. And, and I'm not just talking about people on my show. I'm just talking about ex-York members, ex-Scientologists. Right. 
I just want to urge people to understand because I don't like that I've heard people say negative things about you and people like I didn't know what to think of you. I didn't I, I, I never gave you anything but the benefit of the doubt because I know you can reach a bigger audience. I know that you are important in what you're doing and I know that you can only make so many stops along the way. Thank you. And and I appreciate you reaching out to me and I appreciate you not uh, you know, being, you know, judgy. <laughs> right, right. I wouldn't be. I mean, what what kind of issues? Uh, what what kind of issues are you addressing this season? If you can talk about some of them, I know there's going to be some of the assault. Uh, what else are you yeah, covering? Yeah, you know, the, the thing that really shocked me was the things that were going on with children. Um, certainly, I was in the sewer for a year. I saw the child neglect, and that's what I experienced. You're separated from your families um, when you're in the sewer, and you are living in a dorm with other children, and you're assigned, like, a person who looks in on you. I couldn't even imagine doing that to my child. Um, so there was definite neglect there, and I, so I knew that from experience, but I didn't know uh, of what was happening um, that just left me speechless, continues to leave me speechless. Um so it's difficult. We're, we're covering uh, some other some other issues having to do with children, um, and, and I'm hoping to, to do something about it. You know, but I'm going to say again, you know, it's those who have been affected in this way. I, I can't uh, file police reports for you. You know, people have to tra- start taking a stand. Uh, if they were witness to these crimes, they need to speak up. And they need to do something about it. You don't need to tell me. You need to tell the authorities. And so um, I'm hoping that uh, this season that we will have some government agencies step in. Right. I, I think it's more. Yeah, I think it's more than just. And I think it's more than just doing it for yourself. There's other people who are potential victims that haven't been victimized yet. Well, I'm uh, not doing it for myself. I don't have a claim. That if I well, not you. Police, I, I, just, I just mean, yeah. in, I just mean in general, people yeah, yeah. people should consider that, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it, sometimes people go, my stories, you know, who cares, you know. I care. People care. They do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people I, do care. I think what you're doing is amazing, and, and I hope you continue, and I hope we can cover more also what... You know, this is something, again, I'm just saying, we want to see everything, right? And, and there's only so many hours to, to fill. But we want to see everything. And I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of uh, coverage that hasn't been done yet on the people who are affected adversely and terribly by Scientology who weren't ever Scientologists. Well, what do you mean? Okay, so sometimes there's a family member who's disconnected. Yeah. Who never even thought about Scientology. Um. Um, sometimes there's somebody who took a job with a wise company not knowing. And right, a couple right. years in, they're about to make big bonuses, and the bonuses are being withheld until he takes Scientology classes. Well, I don't, I don't even know that that's legal. It's happening. I mean, there's legal cases I'm happening. I'm just saying, yeah. there's recourse. You know, yeah. brought, like, we, we, we live in an age where you could literally Google those words and figure it out. Right. And see if you have anything, any recourse to, to your story. And if we continue to just, like, talk about it, I can only do so much, right? Right. I could 
just because I'm an actress doesn't mean I can pick up the phone and call the CIA. I yeah. need people. I need people whose stories, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that they can talk to. But I, you don't need me to do that. That's well, something I wanted to get at. Huh? That's something I want to get at with you. Is it, it does feel like in the first season you kind of took the weight of the ex community on your shoulders, and uh, I think you're finding you don't have to do that anymore because more people are able to help. More people are totally, on board. We have so much support from the viewers. You know, a lot of times viewers ask us, "What, what can you do?" And I go, "You're doing it by supporting the people who are brave enough to come on the show." My God, thank you. That's that's enough. But listen, if you want to write your your congressman and say, hey, look at their, their tax their tax exempt status, if you want to write the IRS, if you if you have any influence in that area, then use it. You know, if you're passionate about it, if you're passionate about uh, what you're seeing. But you don't have to do any of that. Simply watching the show is sending a message to the people who are brave enough to be on it that they are being heard. And that's amazing. It is. And I want you to know, um, you probably already know this, it's working. It's really working. Um, I, I don't want to say any details, but uh, you might be aware of this. I've been made aware of a person who has contacted somebody who is currently right now a Scientologist, now attending org, uh, session done org. And this person has uh, communicated to someone that they've heard my podcast. They've read Tony Ortega's blog. They've seen, uh, and it really came mostly from Aftermath, Scientology in the Aftermath, okay. and Jeff Augustine, and this has influenced this person. They went out, and it's just a matter of them getting out. So it's working. It's definitely That's working. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Really, and thank you to everybody who's supported us. It's been without you guys supporting us and talking about it, you know, we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. We couldn't, you know, going clear really kind of uh, opened up uh, the path for us, and they did an amazing job, and I think because people in the entertainment industry saw, okay, you can tell the truth about Scientology. If you have the truth on your side, you'll be okay. Um, and I, and I, I really think that cleared the way. And then I hope somebody takes the torch <laughs> after me, um, you know, because it, this is one of the hardest jobs I've ever had to do. I, I imagine it's not fun. It's not. It's not a game to you. Yeah. This is. This is life. Yeah. This life you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So I normally do the end of the interview with the uh, with the guest. I do something called Ten Questions Think Fast, which sometimes tends to end up being the best part of the show, or <laughs> not as fast as I hoped it would be. But we're going to try to do this. Um, are you Are you ready to do Ten Questions Think Fast? Okay, well, let me ask you this. Is it like things that I would have to have learned in school? No. <laughs> no finding no finding why. Um, okay. And if you don't like a question, you can pass. And yeah, this is where two you might answers, pass. I need to know the rules. It's whatever you want to answer. Okay, go. All right. Number one. This is a good friend of yours. Uh, so obviously you have a favorite J-Lo song, right? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite J-Lo song? Oh, okay. <laughs> My favorite <laughs> Probably, well, okay, it's called Good Hit. Okay. All right, number two. True or false, Scientology in and of itself is bigoted. True. I agree. Number three. I'm sorry. 
Tom Cruise is complicit, clueless, or cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. What was the first two? Uh, complicit or clueless or cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I'll accept all three if you want to answer that. No, I, I, I would say um, one and two. A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number four. What is your favorite way to relax? Um, watching um, mindless reality shows. That was probably... Um, yeah, mindless reality shows. Oh, can I kind of point this out real quick? This case came up in my head after saying this. Um, on the beginning of your show, on the special Monday night, there was that part about how Scientology sent that note that the difference between a real reality show and your reality show is, and they said all those bad things that your show is to Scientology. They said all these bad things about your show, basically. There's a difference between a, real sh- a reality show and your reality show. No, the difference between any reality show and your reality show is yours is real. We don't have a real. We don't. We're not doing a real. It's a docu series. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, and I can tell you it's real because I've talked to a lot of the same people. It's it's, it's just, there's no. I don't. I don't need the church to validate anything I do. So no, good. you're so good. Right, number five. How many pairs of shoes do you have? Oh my God, I don't know. Jesus, I don't that know. many. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I'm a hoarder, you know, right? I have my <laughs> shoes that I bought from Payless you know, when I was 16. I still have shoes from there. All right, all right. Yeah. So uh, God knows is the answer. <laughs> Number six, yeah. uh, what was the favorite role you've ever done that was not King of Queens? This one. <laughs> this one? Yeah, well, it's a, more of a life yeah. role. Yeah, because it's, I'm, I'm so passionate about it. I'm passionate. We'll go with it. All right, number seven, true or false? Kevin, I can say this because I'm heavy set. Okay, number seven, <laughs> true or false? Kevin James is the sexiest heavy set man in Hollywood. So true. All right, I thought you liked it. Number eight, you mentioned earlier you're inspired by Lucio Ball, and I know you're inspired by like Gilda Radner and Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. What are the chances we get to see you in a Carol Burnett style show? I would love to see that. Oh, I would love that too. Let's make it happen. Okay. <laughs> I don't have anybody I can call and pick up the phone and say that to, but let's make it happen. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Number nine. Diana really was the better female lead on Cheers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Number ten. You've inspired... Oh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I, I was waiting. I said, uh-huh, like, I'm waiting for you to say the rest of that. But do you oh, agree? No, come on. <laughs> I really believe that, though. I think she ran a career. I don't want to take but... away, you know, from people's things, you know, and I also feel a bit about, you know, answering the other one because it's just. I'm sorry. I, I'm talking about from a Scientology uh, point of view. Okay. You know, I actually feel bad for him um, because I, I know that, you know, he's very aware of the policies that affect him as well, and um, you know, I knew people that knew him before he was fully. Um, engage with Scientology and they say he was a different person you know he was loving and uh, you know insecure and wanted everybody's opinion and you know he was a different person okay. and so I know deep down uh, there's there's got to be some suffering there too with his own daughter so anyway go ahead alright I mean I know people called you asshole but, but you know they don't ever tell you you're too nice 
<laughs> you're nice. In certain aspects, I am, you know, because I, I always, I want to believe in people. That was a really nice I, thing to I mean, say. But, but again, when you're a bully, and when you come up against people that are telling the truth, or you come up against people who are victims, you're going to see a very different side of me. A very different side of me, and I'm never going to apologize for that. And you shouldn't. No. Number 10. <laughs> Yes. Number 10, you've inspired and encouraged, you inspired this show, you've inspired and encouraged so many people out there. Uh, what inspires you? Uh, people. People inspire me. Courageous people inspire me. I mean, it's even everyday people who I see helping other people or holding a door. I mean, I, I literally am inspired. I'm like, great, great. There are good people in the world. <laughs> There are good people in the world. Yes, exactly. Not to pat myself on the back, but, you know. Huh? Not to pat myself on the back, but I'm proof. <laughs> I'm yes, right, right. Um, you know, I, I really do. I am encouraged and, 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 um, and inspired by people who do the right thing. I really am inspired by that. We, we live in a time where we need more of that. We yeah. need at least more visibility that there's there's more of that. People are afraid. And there, and there are. And there are amazing people in the world, you know. Um, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, who's in our, who we can see, who, we, yeah. who we're experiencing, you know. I want to see more people uh, speaking up, speaking out in general. Uh, I want to see more of that in the world. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I want to see more people pulling over when there's an accident. <laughs> you know, I want to see more people being uh, good to each other. I want to see more people being um, uh, helpful, and and uh, I think we're we're at a time now, you know, with social media. I don't have that, thank God. You know, I don't. I I really thank God for my fans. I don't have asshole fans. Right. I don't have people writing me, you're chubby, you're skinny, you're fat, you're that. You know, we, I don't have that. But every day, what you say to people that you know and don't know. You know, that, that creates a person. That, that creates an environment. That creates the world. I believe it has a rollout effect. You know, and so if we start being a little kinder, maybe to ourselves, we'll stop being, we'll start being kinder to other people. I think a lot of stuff that you see on Twitter is, is, uh, and social media is what people think of themselves. You know? A lot of projection. So, yeah, a lot of projection. And, uh, and I always say, oh, that person must feel that way about themselves, you know, that they're not good enough, that they're not, you know, looking right or not looking, you know, it's like this is what you think of you, you know, you don't, you're beautiful, just the way you are, not everybody looks like a Kardashian, you know? That's right, that's right, I love that, every bit of that, um, I see you have Troublemaker, of course, it's been out for a long time now, but it's still a great book and still relevant, still recommend it. Um, yeah, and I, and I do like. I, I feel like you know people. It's just not about Scientology, right? People still writing me saying, "Wow, your book helped me." I'm like, "Oh, you said that? No." <laughs> well, no, I I actually it was inspired by the the stories of your auditions. Yeah, thanks. That was that's actually not only not only inspiring but helpful from a, from a, a perspective of how to handle yourself. And how not to, right? So, so you kind of gave it's like a, a handbook. No one asked you to write, and you wrote it, and it's great. No, thank you, thank you. Honey. When does no problem, no problem at all. When does uh, season two start? 
I don't know. I haven't gotten an official uh, date yet. Okay. But I'll I'll, uh, I'll DM you. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. Okay. <laughs> so what I do, I'm going to do one last thing here before I let you go. And remember what we talked about earlier? I want you to stay on the line sure. or something. But, um, and I'm sorry if we went just a little bit longer than I said. That's okay. Uh, um, I do on the show, I talked about how I connect the dots. I went to the org. I, I've called on, on live on air to American Nine. I've, I've talked to people. I've read documents. I, I've gotten to know people. Um, for anyone who does, I actually talked to someone who is a friend of mine on Twitter during the Aftermath special, um, who I never interact with. I think we both play hashtag games, and, and I think they may have a, uh, their own show or something. Uh, but they were they were down on you because um, they saw your tweet that was about like don't worry about what I'm doing, worry about why you're worried what I'm doing. And that why, person, why, why, why are they upset about that? They thought it was pretentious, I guess, something like that. They thought it was like kind of uh, didn't really mean much coming from you. It was kind of hollow. And I said maybe you missed the point of what it was. It's about Scientology. And said, no, no, no. I know, I know it's about Scientology, and I know I watch the show, and I and I watch her. It just felt hollow to me. I have a perception of her. So, so I just want to do this right now because um, I don't know you real well, mm-hmm. but I know enough. Um, between this conversation, which I think is, is is one of the most conversational ones I've heard you have, which I'm proud of, uh, but <laughs> you, you know, yeah, um, I know things that happened over a month ago, a series of events that led to this podcast, to you being on this podcast. And, you know, I've never been, like, a major, I'm not, I don't want to put you down, I've never been a major Lear Remini super fan. Like, I didn't watch a lot of King of Queens. I didn't know much about your career. Okay. But I was inspired by Fair what enough. you were doing. And I did, I, I knew who you were, and I loved your work. I loved you in the old school and all that. Mm-hmm. But when, um, when you started doing this show, I started going, well, you know what? Wouldn't it be awesome if someday Lear Remini would be on my show and I could interview her? And that's the person to interview and um, and the inspiration for all this. And I didn't think it was ever possible. So I, I know that from the series of events that led to this, that for those things to happen the way they did, and for you to be here now today on this show, um, not that it's like some major miracle, but it doesn't happen if you don't have a huge heart. Thank you. So any super fan... You're welcome. Any super fan that might ask me, what do you know about Leah Remini? I would say she's everything you ever hoped or wanted or imagined she might be. And I'm oh a super God, fan now, too. Oh, sweetheart. Thank no. you so much. Uh, and I'm a super fan of Leah Remini, the human being. Oh, so, thank you. You made my day, honey. Thank you for that. I just thought that needed to be said. It's not said enough. All we hear about is the asshole stuff. So here's the real stuff here. Um, I mean that sincerely. No, I'm not an asshole, but I appreciate that. (laughs) No problem, no problem. So thank you so much. Remember what we talked about earlier? But uh, thank you so much. I I really appreciate you coming on, and I wish you nothing but the best with everything. And if I can help you, you. you're very welcome. If I can do any more to help you moving forward, you know how to reach me in DM or whatever. Thank you you for your support, really. No problem. You take care. Okay, sweetheart, you too. All right, that was Leah Remini, my conversation with Leah Remini. I hope I, I hope I did my job and got to the sum of her uh, efficiently or sufficiently for everybody. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed speaking to her. Of course, a couple things came up since that interview. 
she was named a permanent cast member on Kevin Can Wait for the second season. I can't wait to watch that. I will be watching that. I did watch the last two episodes of the first season and love her character, Vanessa. I think it's a great dynamic. Uh, different than they had on the other show. I uh, can't wait to see that. Also, big congratulations to Larry Rowney on the Troublemaker Life movie coming up that I just uh, recently heard about. And, of course, everybody look for Scientology in the aftermath. It's, 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 it's the main deal here. You think about you think about uh, the uh, the past first season in the Monday night, uh, the Memorial Day uh, special, which was fabulous, very good. Check that out uh, on A&E.com. You can stream the episodes there, or there's other paid stream services you can go to and probably view those as well. Again, don't forget. Next week, Victoria Britton, very serious, uh, very serious thing we're going to be covering here, the whole thing with Kyle Brennan. It's uh, real important, I think, and uh, I want you all to come back for that for the next couple weeks. Um, and again, thank you so much, Leah Remini, for being a part of this show and uh, for being who she is. Uh, that about sums it up. Have a great week, everybody. I speak for your followers, and I speak for your ex-followers, and I speak for the curious outsiders looking in. If you remain silent in the shadows and don't let your balls drop enough to come out and say something, then I say, who do you speak for, Mr. Miscavige? Anything on earth that says, don't listen to your mom and dad, don't talk to your mom and dad, that's bad. Yeah, wrong. Absolutely believe his own bullshit. Now... Does that mean he believes it from day one? I don't know. Hubbard reveals to them that he is the Antichrist. Scientology has not helped you. You have helped yourself. Yeah, I'm absolutely positive that happened because I was physically abused in Scientology. Who's crossing the line into torture? Do you think there is a rape culture in Scientology? I think that there is a culture in Scientology that Children are not children. So, yeah. At Caraba's Italian Grill, folks always seem to be saying, Wow! Especially now, because you can take home our delicious made-from-scratch lasagna, layered pasta with meat sauce, creamy ricotta, and mozzarella cheese, absolutely free. Homemade lasagna? For free? Wow! Order one of your Caraba's favorites, Chicken Brian, Chicken Marsala, or Polo Rosso Maria, and you can take home our made-from-scratch lasagna. For tomorrow night's dinner? Free? Wow! Hurry into Caraba's today and get a free homemade lasagna for tomorrow, now through January 29th. Wow! Caraba's Italian work talking about this is new york firefighter Raphael poriette for firehouse subs every day part of every sub you buy at firehouse subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders and now for a limited time they're introducing the daily sub special every day get a medium sub of the day for just 555 they kick it off with meatball monday and finish it off with italian sunday with something delicious every day in between for just 555 firehouse subs enjoy more subs save more lives Tap the banner now to learn more.